It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. This tale may not be as sweet as you remembered. Although it has many iterations, one thing remains the same about the fate of the gingerbread man. It ends in tragedy. I guess you can say that's just the way the cookie crumbles. If you enjoy this episode and want to hear more like it, subscribe to Tales. Every Wednesday, we take you through the twists and turns of the dark origins of your favorite pieces of folklore. To hear the entire Tales catalog, you must listen on Spotify. The members of Maine First Presbyterian sat dutifully in their pews. It was a Sunday morning and thus time for worship. Many would rather not be there, but the alternative was to be gossiped about endlessly if you didn't show up. And so, no one ever missed a service. Upon hearing the sound of someone entering, everyone turned in their pews to see who would dare to show up late to service. They could have never expected what they saw. Standing at the end of the aisle was a cookie. Not just any cookie, but one shaped like a tiny boy. His eyes moved like real eyes. His arms and legs moved like real limbs. And then he spoke. Excuse me, folks, might you be able to point me in the direction of a warm home? The crowd stared in shock for a moment. Then the pastor cried out, shouting, Demon! The women screamed. The children fled. The men rushed forward to attack the creature. The little gingerbread man dodged pummeling fists, thumping Bibles, and slamming feet. He weaved through the crowd until he was back at the door. Looking back, he saw the fiery eyes, bared teeth, and clenched fists of the congregation. He had only been alive for an hour or so, and thus far, humans had proven to be a nasty, hateful folk. Wishing he could make a rude gesture, but realizing that he had no fingers, the gingerbread man instead provided the crowd with a poem. His brow furrowed, his eyes glared, sugary saliva flew from his frosted lips as he shouted, Run, run, as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. And with that... He turned and ran from the church as the mob chased after him. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You're listening to Tales on the Parcast Network. Every other Saturday, we dive into the dark origins of another fairy tale. Today, we're discussing a children's classic, The Gingerbread Man. The tales on this podcast are dark, sometimes scary, and full of adult themes. As a warning, the original story of the gingerbread man features depression, someone nearly being cooked alive, bigoted townspeople, and a grisly mauling by a wild animal. Please exercise caution for children under 13. 
At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to parcast.com slash merch for more information. If you want to hear more tales, you can find all of Parcast's shows on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. While most know the story of the gingerbread man as well as his signature taunt, few know of his origins. The gingerbread man actually belongs to a large subset of folklore known as fleeing pancake stories. According to prominent folklorist D.L. Ashleman, these stories appeared as early as 1800 when peasants in Germany were sharing stories of baked goods rising from the pan and fleeing into the safety of the village. Over time, the pancake became a pastry, then a fairy, then a bun, before finally taking shape as the gingerbread man. The first written version of the story appeared in a children's magazine in the United States in 1875, though it was already well known at the time. Though a Russian version of the story from 1916 would attempt to change the anthropomorphic baked good into a loaf of bread possessed by a demon, most of the world was already enamored with the gingerbread version, and before long the tale was featured in illustrations, theatrical performances, and in later decades, film and television. Today's version of the story draws heavily from the 1875 American version, with occasional cherry-picking from the more outlandish international versions. Bearing in mind that this is a much more modern folktale, we have maintained a more modern tone than many of our usual tales, which date back centuries farther. As the pitter-patter of rain echoed outside, Harriet assembled the ingredients she would need to give shape to her latest baking creation. She felt a slight tinge of guilt for skipping church, but the weather was bad, and she had just purchased fresh ingredients from the traveling peddler. He only came around every so often, and she didn't want her purchase to go to waste. Or at least, that's what she told herself. The truth was that she couldn't stand another Sunday of listening to the church folk talk about their precious children. Harriet longed for a child of her own, but God had never seen fit to provide, and so she had to sit through painful conversations about how Eleanor Quimby's son was in Boston becoming a concert pianist, or how Gertrude Blackton's boy was getting paid by Dartmouth to start up one of those athletic teams where they threw around a leather ball. Harriet aggressively mixed her ingredients, then rolled out the dough. She fumed as she thought of the charms of motherhood that she would never experience. And as she prepared to cut the dough into round shapes to create ginger snaps, an idea occurred to her. She wouldn't bake a simple round cookie, but one in the shape of a boy. If Eleanor and Gertrude got to have the real thing, she could at least have the baked good version. Using her specially purchased ingredients, Harriet decorated her little dough boy. She used two raisins for the gingerbread man's eyes, a sliver of licorice for his mouth, 
and three chocolate chips along his torso for buttons. Lastly, she gave him a cinnamon drop for a nose. Outside, the weather only seemed to get worse. Harriet actually loved the rain and decided she wanted to get a closer look. But first, she needed to get her gingerbread man into her cast iron stove. The oven sparked to life. The fire glowed hot inside the cast iron box, the red and orange light giving the interior an eerie, hellish glow. She left the cookie to bake. Stepping out onto her porch, Harriet glanced down the dirt road toward the forest beyond. Her eyes drifted to the battered trees, watching as their branches shook in the wind, like fists clenched toward the heavens. Harriet felt like this every day, a small, insignificant branch whipped back and forth by the uncaring hand of fate. But then, her eyes were drawn back to the trees as the wind whipping through them made a hellish, otherworldly sound. She shivered with fright as the noise overwhelmed her, Pulling her shawl tightly around her shoulders, she recalled stories she had heard about how not even the native Penobscot people could venture into that forest. She decided to turn back inside, but as she reached for her front door, she was met with a blood-curdling scream coming from within the house. Harriet wrenched open the door, stepping into her kitchen. As the scream continued, she realized where it was coming from, the stove. The black metal door had only narrow holes for venting. She could not see within, and so she stepped forward cautiously, her hand reaching for the latch. Slowly, delicately, she opened the stove. She screamed and fell backward as a ball of something struck her in the face. Blinking, she looked around the kitchen. There was her stove, dangling open, her wooden counters and the rusty old sink. And then, there on the floor, a few feet away from her, it was her cookie. But impossibly, it was alive. Its little eyes looked about the room. It pressed its little hands together in fear. Its mouth was closed tight. Harriet could tell that he was thinking. But thinking of what? Lying on the kitchen floor, the gingerbread man hurt all over. He felt like he had a sunburn on every inch of his body. As he tried to blink through the pain and figure out where he was, he noticed a strange woman lying on the floor in front of him. Her eyes were full of shock. She seemed to be crying. Unsure of what to make of her, the gingerbread man surveyed the room. His eyes fell upon the counter, where he was horrified to see scattered buttons eyeballs and flesh. This lady was some kind of cannibal, and looking down at himself, he realized he was just her type. A clap of thunder brought his attention to the front door. Seeing that it was open, the gingerbread man quickly zipped toward it, intent on making good his escape. The woman screamed at him to stop, blocking the door and calling him, my son. She really was crazy. The gingerbread man zipped between her legs and exited the house. Outside, he stopped cold and took in his new surroundings. The kitchen was strange, but the outside was downright bizarre. 
the storm abruptly passed and the gingerbread man found himself staring at a blue sky, clouds, and the sun, which burned his eyes as he stared at it much too long. But there was no time to delay. He had to get away from his captor. He ran down the road, quickly outpacing the crazy lady and making his way toward town. It wasn't long before he came upon a farm full of strange creatures that looked nothing like the cannibal lady. There were tall, four-legged women with long hair and some short, tiny fellows with beaks and hideously deformed chins. The gingerbread man was so distracted by all of the strange shapes and the odd sounds they made that he failed to see the man approaching him from behind. A little boy's voice came from across the farm. Kill it! The little boy yelled. The gingerbread man turned at the sound, seeing the boy pointing at him from across the yard, and only then did he notice that an old man was behind him, his pitchfork ready to come down right on the gingerbread man's head. A pitchfork? Why, this must be the devil himself. He gulped as the metal spikes careened toward his face. Up next, we'll discover what happens to the gingerbread man as he continues to come into contact with humans. Now, back to the story. The gingerbread man had no sooner escaped captivity at the hands of a cannibal woman than he found himself assailed by the devil himself. The wicked creature had snuck up behind him with his pitchfork, egged on by a little demon boy across the yard. But the gingerbread man danced around and through the metal spikes. No matter how hard he tried, the devil couldn't impale the living cookie. The devil growled at him, saying, Stay still, you damned monster! The gingerbread man thought that was rather rude. Who was the monster here? Incensed, he decided to talk back. Shouting up at the devil, he said, I escaped the oven. I escaped the evil lady. I can escape you, too. I can run away from you. I can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. The devil took a terrified step back. You can talk? That was a weird question. Why shouldn't he be able to talk? The old devil tried to impale the cookie once again, but to no avail. Approaching fast was an old woman that could only be the devil's wife. She was holding a pan, and behind her followed the demon boy wielding a broom, and next to him a demon girl with a knife. The gingerbread man decided the odds were not in his favor, so he ran back to the road. The gingerbread man ran away from the farm, pursued by the demon attackers intent on putting an end to his life but they wouldn't be the last ones. As he made his way into town, the gingerbread man kept running into vicious people who sought his destruction. At one point, he entered a church, thinking that surely the parishioners would offer him refuge. But as soon as they saw him, they sported the same wicked expressions as the demon family and tried to crush him, crush him with their Bibles. He raced from the church and into the town stables. He saw more of the strange women with four legs and long hair that he had seen earlier. Perhaps they would let him be. But no, 
Here, he fared no better. The creatures looked at him, sniffed him, and immediately bent their necks low to try and take a bite out of him. The gingerbread man bobbed and weaved, dodging the maze of teeth and large, round feet that could easily stomp him into crumbs. He finally exited the pen, safe at last. Or so he thought, as he now found himself face to face with more of the hideous, beaked creatures he had seen on the first farm. The monsters started to furiously peck at the gingerbread man, but he dodged these attacks as well. He was simply too fast for the cannibals, monsters, and devils of this land. Emerging back out onto the road, he took a second to catch his breath. In the distance, he heard a man's voice shouting, This way! I found his tiny footprints! Looking behind him, the gingerbread man saw the entire population of the church chasing him down the road. He had to think fast. Looking around, he saw a nearby fence surrounding a mud pit. He bent his knees as far as they would go and leaped into the nearby pen. Holding his breath, he let the mud cover his body as the churchgoers arrived on the scene. Their leader called out, Everybody spread out. We can't let that abomination escape. But minutes passed and no one seemed able to find him. His heart raced as a few times he felt their footsteps draw close. But the mud did its job of obscuring him. Eventually, they gave up. The gingerbread man waited until he was sure that they were gone. And only then did he come out of his hiding place. He took a deep breath of fresh air, wiping the mud from his face. The gingerbread man jumped, turning to find a new kind of creature staring at him. He cursed his luck. But he calmed a bit as he took in these new arrivals. They were slow-moving beings, round and pink, with funny noses and floppy ears. They didn't seem to mind the mud and just munched lazily on ears of corn while watching the gingerbread man. Finally, one of them spoke, asking, What are you? The gingerbread man took a moment to think. He was caught off guard by the fact that for once, someone wasn't trying to kill him. But the question also shocked him. For when he thought about it, he realized he had no idea what he was, or who he was for that matter. He'd called himself the gingerbread man before, but that had been an instinct. The words meant nothing to him. He decided to be honest, replying, I don't know what I am or where I am. Tell me, beast, what is this terrible land of cannibals, demons, and angry mobs? Are we in hell? The creatures all seemed to laugh to one another, though the gingerbread man wasn't aware of what he had said that was so funny. After munching for what felt like an inordinately long time, the creature finally spoke again, saying, No, this isn't hell. It's just the normal world. The gingerbread man's heart sank. This was the world? A place of hatred and wickedness and mud? The pink creatures started to lumber toward the gingerbread man. What's going on? He uttered as he took a step back from the encroaching strangers. The talking one smiled, replying, You're not in hell, 
but you're in the real world. And in the real world, pigs like us eat cookies like you, even if you do talk. And with that, they charged at him. The gingerbread man was once again on the run, but as he turned down the road, he couldn't help but shoot off one of his signature quips, saying, I escaped the oven. I escaped the cannibal lady. I escaped the devil. I escaped the creatures with snapping teeth. I escaped the creatures with pecking beaks. I escaped the mob. And I can escape you, too. I can run away from you, I can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. The pink creatures pushed and shoved, stepping all over each other, more a danger to themselves than to the gingerbread man. He raced from the pen and back out onto the road. But as soon as he got there, two patrolling men saw him and gave chase as well. With nowhere to hide, he looked to both sides of the road. Off to one side was the sea. He knew he couldn't survive there. But off to the other side was the forest. He wasn't thrilled about this option either. The wind seemed to howl through the branches as if the woods were screaming. Strange hooting and growling noises also emanated from within. He shuddered, overcome with fear. But as the men and the pigs got closer, he knew there was only one way forward. Swallowing his fear, he entered the forest. Up next, the gingerbread man faces the perils of the woods where no man has ever set foot before. Now, back to our tale. The gingerbread man had been chased through the village by all manner of men and beasts. As a last resort, he fled into the dark woods where none had previously journeyed. It was slow going. After being able to speed down the country road, he now had to carefully climb over an infinite number of branches, stones, and other debris on the forest floor. Occasionally, monstrous creatures with hard shells and a hundred legs would scurry past him. There were also strange sounds that came from above in the treetops. He heard a hoot from a nearby tree and saw two large yellow eyes pierce the night. He froze, staring back into these mesmerizing orbs. After a moment, he heard a tree branch shake, and the eyes came flying toward him. The gingerbread man dove beneath a branch, nearly escaping death at the hands of who knew what. He kept in his hiding spot for a moment, but then emerged, seeing that the coast was clear. He quickened his pace. All around, terrible monsters with large hind legs and grotesque antenna leaped around him. Mercifully, they left him alone. Once more, he quickened his pace. A long, legless creature with a forked tongue slithered across his path. Leaping over it, the gingerbread man started to run. He ran and ran, all manner of horrors stalking him through the darkness. He ran until his chest heaved and his legs ached, and then he ran some more. It was a run to save himself from destruction, but it was also a run meant to carry him to someplace better, a place that wasn't filled with madness, a place where someone meant him no ill will. 
the gingerbread man found himself in a clearing on the edge of a stream. He had no choice but to stop before the rushing waters. They would surely swallow him up and reduce him back to a sugary paste. Slowly approaching the shore, he touched the water and jumped back as it splashed his face. He looked about for a way to cross, but found nothing. Through the trees on the other bank, he realized that he could see the first few hints of morning light. Golden rays pierced the dark foliage. Perhaps this was a sign. Perhaps a paradise free of worry awaited him on the other side. Just then, he jumped back as he noticed eyes staring up at him from the water. But he composed himself, realizing that there was something different about what he had just seen. Gathering his courage, he slowly crept up to the stream's edge again and took another peek at the creature staring back at him. Hello? He said. No response. He decided to try a wave. The creature waved at the same time. It was then he noticed that the creature was no creature at all, but him. It was his reflection. This was the first time he had ever seen himself. He touched his cinnamon-dropped nose and his raisin eyes. He traced the round curve of his head. He didn't look like other men at all. Though it didn't make him feel any better, he could perhaps now understand why he inspired such shock in those he encountered. The gingerbread man found himself asking the same question the fat, pink creature had asked him earlier. What was he? A sly voice came from behind, saying, Need some help there? The gingerbread man spun around to find a new creature lounging against a tree. It was quite beautiful. Its red fur bristled in the breeze, covering a lean, graceful body and a tail. It had four legs, a snout, and intelligent eyes. Immediately, the creature introduced itself. He was called Fox, and he offered to take the gingerbread man across the stream on his back. The cookie was suspicious of this new arrival. No one had ever offered to help him before. Why was Fox being so generous? When asked, Fox said that he wanted to be friends. The very notion filled the gingerbread man with warmth. He had never had a friend before. He desperately wanted one, and he desperately wanted to get out of this forest and emerge into the sunshine that lied beyond. Fox extended his paw, taking the gingerbread man's hand and shaking it. The pact was made. The gingerbread man smiled. Both creatures turned toward the river. With a few silent steps, Fox entered the stream up to his knees, extending his tail so that the gingerbread man could climb on. He didn't need to use the tail. With a big jump, the gingerbread man hopped on Fox's back. Fox smiled at the gingerbread man's eagerness and slowly began to wade deeper into the water. As he looked to the other side of the river, the gingerbread man couldn't help but grin. He was only a couple of feet away from leaving all he'd been through behind. Suddenly, Fox's body lurched. The gingerbread man took a tight grip on his red fur. Fox called back toward the gingerbread man, saying, The water's getting deeper. Climb up onto my head. 
The gingerbread man could see that this was indeed true. The water was creeping up the sides of Fox's back. Was their plan ill-fated? The cookie worried that he had put his new friend in grave danger with his added weight. Careful to keep his balance, the gingerbread man slowly shuffled up atop Fox's head as his body started to sink into the river. They were halfway across, but they were slowing down. After a few moments, the gingerbread man could see that Fox was having to work extra hard to pump his legs. They were struggling to stay afloat, on the verge of going under the water at any moment. The animal again urged his baked good companion to climb to safety, saying, Hurry, climb onto my nose. The gingerbread man felt horrible. His friend was drowning, and all because of him. He should have just thrown himself into the current right then and there, but he could still see the other shore and the sunlight beyond. He wanted to live. He wanted to know happiness. The gingerbread man quickly made his way onto Fox's nose as the animal's body sunk almost completely beneath the water. The gingerbread man asked if there was anything he could do to help. Suddenly, he realized a shift in Fox's movement. He wasn't rocking back and forth anymore, trying to tread water. Looking down, the gingerbread man realized that Fox had placed his feet on the bottom of the river. He was tall enough to stand. He didn't need to tread at all. Slowly, his body rose to where it was no longer submerged beneath the stream. A cold fear gripped the gingerbread man's heart. He could sense a wicked tonal shift in Fox's voice as he responded, No need to help. You're right where I want you. Before the gingerbread man could even process what that meant, Fox launched him into the air with a flick of his head. As he spun through the air, the cookie looked down to see that Fox had opened his mouth wide, revealing rows of sharp fangs. He wasn't a friend at all. He was just another monster. Thinking fast, he twisted in the air, trying to fall away from the fangs. It wouldn't quite be enough. The gingerbread man's legs were caught in Fox's jaws, snapping off at the knees. The force propelled the rest of the cookie's body across the stream, where he landed on the opposite bank. Reeling from the pain of losing his legs, it took the gingerbread man a moment to realize that he wasn't dead yet. He felt the soft earth underneath him and realized he had made it to the opposite bank. Turning, he saw the sunlight breaking through the trees, closer than ever. He began to crawl, using his arms to drag his crumbled torso and stubs of legs. But behind him, Fox had emerged from the river, shaking off his fur and swallowing the last bits of the gingerbread man's legs. He mocked the cookie, saying that he couldn't possibly escape. The gingerbread man wouldn't give up, saying, I'm only a quarter gone. But Fox soon arrived behind him, sniffing his body before taking another bite, eating the rest of his legs. The gingerbread man spoke up again, saying, I'm only half gone. He continued to crawl toward the light, and again, Fox took another bite, this time eating his chest and arms. 
The little cookie could crawl no further. His head was all that was left. His raisin eyes stayed fixed on the sunlight that he now knew he would never reach. At least the last thing he saw would be something beautiful. From behind the gingerbread man, Fox mocked the tasty treat again, pointing out that it could crawl no further. The gingerbread man cheekily replied, I'm only three quarters gone. And with that, Fox lunged, eating what was left of the gingerbread man. Strangely, as he swallowed the last bits of the cookie, Fox could have sworn he heard a voice on the wind. It seemed to say, I'm all gone. Regardless, Fox licked his teeth, pleased with himself. Of all the creatures, he was the only one smart enough and fit enough to catch the gingerbread man. He turned back toward the dark woods, ready to take a nap in his den. A sharp pain developed along Fox's side. Turning to look, he saw blood spurting forth from a large wound that had suddenly appeared. Looking up toward the light at the edge of the forest, he saw the silhouette of a man wearing tall boots and a tan hunting outfit. His rifle was still held up to his face, its barrel smoking. And that would be the last thing he ever saw as his own light went out and his body fell dead to the forest floor. The hunter walked forward, pleased with himself. It's tempting to want to glean special meaning from every fairy tale, and certainly over the years, various interpretations of the gingerbread man and the runaway pancake archetype in general have suggested that the story is about not trusting strangers or not being too sure of oneself or the inevitability of death. But first and foremost, the gingerbread man is a comedy. This is more obvious in the early pancake versions of the story. It's quite humorous to picture a circular fried cake hopping from the pan and rolling through town, somehow avoiding being eaten by everyone that tries to snatch it. In 1875, Americans were immediately taken with the sassy gingerbread man who humorously taunts his pursuers and doesn't seem to have a long-term plan for how he, a cookie, will survive out in the wild. And it's in that aspect of the story that the most concrete message can be learned, which is that try as we might, none of us can outrun our problems. Thanks for listening to Tales. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Tales, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Several of you have asked how to help us. Well, if you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Join me in two weeks for another dark and surprising fairy tale. Tales was created by Max Cutler. It is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler with sound design by Carrie Murphy. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire. Tales is written by Joseph Muscat. I'm Vanessa Richardson.